Hello and welcome to The Lowdown from Pickletown, presented by Pizza Hut. I'm your host, Aidan Gilbride. Here's the deal. And welcome back here to another edition of The Lowdown from Pickletown. Uh, uh, obviously, Aidan Gilbride here, joined alongside... Uh, Shane Obi, thank you so much for coming in, Shane. Shane, it's 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 kind of this is the one I say to all, everyone, you know, when people come in, it's a, it's a real pleasure to meet them and talk to them. But I think for me, like I've known you for four years, and you've seen me, you know, change and develop over the years, and you've been with me since day one, really. So for me, it's a fantastic opportunity to actually sit down and have a long, candid conversation with you because the conversations we have are always inside a press box when things are a little bit stressful. So to sit down with you now will be great. So just to go over a few things about Shane, um, a lot of people don't really know you, Shane. I mean, you kind of you're kind of the behind the scenes person. You're the PA announcer at all sports or most of the sports here on campus. Um, you went to UMO yourself and graduated in '94. Uh, you worked in the sports information department when you were here, and uh, you obviously returned as the game announcer since then. So. I guess, you know, one of the first things I want to ask you about is what's it like to, you know, kind of watch the school change and grow over the years since you were a student? Unbelievable. And by the way, I had no intention of being here today. My car broke down outside, so I figured I'll just come in here and do an interview. Now, thank you for having me. Uh, it's amazing to watch the college. On one hand, the college has really grown or the university has grown tremendously mm-hmm. to the point where people that haven't been here for a while don't recognize it. But on the other hand, there, you know, there's always we're always sitting around because we care they're like, man, I wish they would do this, and I wish they would do that. And there's so many other things that we want to do, especially being a part of the the, the, the crew or the team that, you know, puts on an, a, a sporting event. You know, you just think, man, I wish they would just do that or they would just do that. So people don't realize what a, a contribution you really do make when you when you support the university. I always have always had an expression, everything rolls up. You know what I mean? Believe it or not, as long as I've been here, I always have to remember people are walking into a baseball game at Scarborough Field for the first time. And that's how I try to think of it is I want them to think, wow, that's a great place. I want to come back. Mm. But, yeah, the university has really grown, especially, I mean, back when I was going here, there was no Internet. You know what I mean? There was no there was no smartphones. Um, you, you, if you didn't do your work in the computer lab, you had to come back the next day. And if you didn't reserve your time, write your name on a piece of paper, you were out of luck. It was a, it was crazy, um, but we thought that's that was it. That's the way it is, you know what I mean. And our and the computers back then had the green, you know, like almost like the old War Games movie, you know, with the green, and you had the the slash and the uh, colon and semicolon. And that was we've come a long way. Yeah, no, I can imagine. So when you decided to like, can I, I mean, it's 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 nice for me to just get a, a sense of what it was like in the past year, I guess, because I only have known it. It's been the same since I've got here. Nothing that much has changed, I guess, other than new programs and stuff being added, but what was the appeal when, when you, obviously, you, like I said, you graduated in 94, and then you chose to return in 06, what was the appeal to return to your alma mater, like, was it, was it, was it the sense of community, or was it just like... It was a newspaper, it was a newspaper ad. So it was a newspaper ad? It was so a newspaper was as ad. As that? <laughs> exactly, it was, uh, it wasn't like, you know what, I think I want to find somewhere to do some PA. You know, I was a full-time insurance agent, and I was a sales manager, I had a staff, um, working down towards the coast, and I, and I saw an ad in the paper that um, that said PA, public address announcers needed at Mount Olive College. It was in the Goldsboro paper, and I thought oh, I can do baseball, <laughs> you know. And so I contacted the sports information director, 
and he contacted Carl, and he got back to me and said, Carl said, yeah, you're good. Come on. You know, so, <laughs> so I saw him last night, by the way, at the uh, Wood Ducks exhibition with Chowan University, which, by the way, they battled each other to a 1-1 tie through four before they had to put really? the tarp down and kill it. Um, I was like, what is going on? It's going to be a long season for the Wood Ducks, just saying, if, that, if that's, you know, is if after last night was an indicator. But, no, it's really um, – it's and it's crazy thing how I ended up at Mount Olive in the first place is a crazy story. Um, my mom and dad – I was raised by a single mom mm. from the age of 11 on. And my mom was – you know, my dad was in the Air Force. And so my mom always was like, you don't go into the – if you go into the – from New York, you go into the Air Force – you don't go in as an airman because back then airmen scrubbed uh, toilets with toothbrushes. Yeah. She's like, you get that degree and then you go. And so my mom was always like, go to college, go to college, go to college. Well, man, I'm telling you, I was as naive as they come in high school. My mom did it all. Mm. She filled out the paperwork. She got me into Mount Olive College. I didn't even know. I ended up getting This is going to sound stupid. I tell people I majored in baseball when I was here because I did the PA <laughs> because I got a degree in visual communication. And the oh only cool. reason why I enrolled in that is because it had the word communication in it. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to be doing this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they didn't have this. There was no Aiden Gilbride. There was no Ryan Smith. I mean, Julie Beck was the first SID, and that happened towards the end of my college time here. Yeah. And Ju Julie's been one of my professors since I Julie, yeah, Julie, Julie's amazing. I mean, <laughs> she's, you know, I wish I had a nickel for every country she's visited. Oh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, uh, my, she was my first ever professor here when I came here in 2018. And her first class was she showed me a PowerPoint slide presentation of all the countries in the world that she'd been to. I know you're and like. I just felt like, is she bragging? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, finally, somebody who knows more about Scotland than me. Oh, no. <laughs> But she's, she's something. She goes to these countries and they're like, hey, Julie, how's it going? But I think I think with you, one of the, th the reasons that I was so – I mean, there was two reasons, twofold reasons for why I wanted to do an episode with you so much, Shane, was that the first one is when you open your mouth, Shane, just all this, like, stuff comes out, all these stories, <laughs> and, like, you can never predict what's going to come out your mouth, which right. is just – I think it's such a rich thing to have when you cannot predict someone when someone is unpredictable. It can be good, but it can be bad, but with you – it's just a joy. So like, over my time here, I was like, I, I appreciate get, that. I need to get Shane on once or twice. Um, and uh, w another thing, like one of the other appeals to you is, like, like I said at the beginning, you are kind of the behind one of the behind the scenes people. Like people know your voice, Shane, right? But they probably don't know you by your face, right? Every like, I mean, for instance, like the basketball team, they know your voice. They obviously have known, maybe got to know your face over the years. Yep. But I think. When your voice is powerful enough to go, all oh, right, that's the PA announcer. Right. Um, and you are listed online, and it is phenomenal that your job title online is the voice of the Trojans, because that's really what you are. Would you would you agree that that's who you are? You're the voice. Well, it's interesting you say that because I I have a bad habit of psycho over psychoanalyzing situations like. I could have played that song in the fifth inning, and maybe the Trojans would have scored a run, you know, or UMO Volleyball loses three sets to two. Man, if I'd have been there, it would have been different, the momentum. Um, but you're right, because I can't tell you how many times, not just me, as a PA announcer, I, I, over the years at Mount Olive, I have literally come into an event, and for lack of a better explanation, taken it over, rocked the house, and then walk right past everybody in the gym out the door, and no one says a word, and they don't even realize. They're, they just be like, well, I'll tell you what, the Carnegie Arena was rocking. Why? Why was it rocking? Now, now, I could do my job, which just simply says, and now let's meet the starting lineups. But, you know, I realize hype is everything. 
And yeah. like doing the football game of the week for the radio station, there's a there's a long time talking going back to the 80s, 90s. PA announcer named Stuart Carnegie, and yeah. he has such a powerful voice. Mm. That Ronnie Wise even said, "Man, that guy sounds like he swallowed gravel." I mean, his voice—he's—he's amazing. But I watch—I watch when he leaves the press box, and he goes down the the bleachers. He almost walks out by himself, yeah. and I'm like, "Do people really realize what they have?" You know? Yeah, but I think I think like like you said, and I I I know like for me like you are that powerful voice. So like I, your voices became so synonymous with sports here on campus for me at least because when I hear your voice begin that's when I know things are really like I can be commentating but I can hear you in the background and I'm like okay this is it it's starting now because Shane's Shane's speaking wow um, and that that's kind of when people and your voice give is, me his cash app <laughs> no I really appreciate that because it is you're it's a lot like it's often said PA announcers are often heard and not seen and I don't realize that you, you, can, you can get in your feelings sometimes when you're mm -hmm. like you get home and you're like, you know, everybody's being praised for what happened at the game except me. And I'm like, I single-handedly destroyed George Mason. <laughs> you know what I mean? In a volleyball. And I, was, I saw the looks on their face. I mean, there's even times I'm like, sorry, guys. You know what I mean? On a you know, and I know it's coming because the look on their face was like, we weren't expecting this in the D2 venue. You know what I mean? You know, of course, those guys do the work on the court. But, but it, it does me good over the years. When and, and I can count them on one hand and have a few fingers left over, you know, guys at the baseball field that, you know, at the end of a game or at start, whatever it is, turn around and tip their cap to the press box. But I was uh, being raised a Yankee fan, I, um, and people say, oh, I hate the Yankees. Let me tell you, the Yankees do something better than anybody in any sport, and that is put out in front uh, the voice of the Yankees. Yeah. You always knew who the voice of the – Bob Shepard, the voice of the Yankees, John Sterling, the voice, the play-by-play -play voice. You know, and the long-term – the long-time the long Cub legend, Harry Carey. I was raised watching these guys. And the Braves, TBS, Skip Carey. Those guys – and, you know, and even though I hated it growing up when Hawk Harrelson would say, he gone, you know, I, I respect that. Yeah. I respect the fact that he's the face of the White Sox. You know what I mean? And so that's what I've tried to be for Mount Olive because – on the D2 level, all the D1 schools, you can name the voice of the East Carolina Pirates and the Tar Heels and the Wolf Pack and the Blue Devils. Yeah. We don't have that money and that support, but we can give you that game day experience. Mm. You know what I mean? We can do that. Because, like, today, I'm going to make it tough on Catawba to play today. <laughs> yeah, no, but I just, uh, for me, like, obviously, it was just a conversation I had. Um, we've got um, my producer, Ryan, in here. He's my boss. Uh, he's that he's professor here, here yeah. at the University of Mount Olive. That's yeah. my Alex Hayden. Yeah, so and we'll have Alex on soon, so that should be interesting. But um, I was speaking to Ryan, because obviously this is my, I says I'm in my final month now, and I want this in some way to keep going, this podcast. And I said to him, I said, it's, it's not just about finding someone who's able to interview someone. It's about finding the right voice. And I think that's what you've said. Like, there's something to do with someone's voice. It become, you, it's become synonymous with a certain subject. So well, I can see you becoming it's, it's, it's a crazy example. I don't know if you're familiar on WRL, the Tar Heel Traveler. I mean, there, there's, he does no. this. He does this. It's at the last five minutes of every news broadcast, and he does a – uh, a segment on something unique in North Carolina, and yeah. he travels all over. And I can see that. You're bringing something out, you know, because there's people that come here, they're students, or they work here, and they mm -hmm. go home. And they don't realize. They're, you'd be amazed at people that have worked at this university for 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. 
and have never been to a sporting event or a baseball game. Yeah. And I think it should be a prerequisite. You should come, you know, to, to you should experience, you know. Yeah. So for me, it was like uh, whoever comes on next, you know, or takes this role next. And it's I'm never I'm a very humble person in nature. That's who I am. But. I want it to be the right voice because that this has been my baby. You, you should know? be the one to select that person. You <laughs> should be the pass the baton. You should make a ceremony about it. You know what I mean? Like the lowdown because you've started something here. Because even though we're the Trojans and we're the University of Mount Olive, no matter what happens, Mount Olive's always going to be known for the pickles. You know what I mean? So it, yeah. that's branding. Yeah, so just to segue a little bit onto something else, uh, one of the things that you've done, and I, I guess it's just a short thing I want to speak about, one of the things that it said on your, in your bio when I was kind of trying to make sure that I was prepared for this uh, uh, you were the editor of the school yearbook when you were here. Yeah. That's no, not a thing anymore. No, no, the sports editor. Was You were a sports editor? Sports editor, yeah. So so, so no yearbook. There's no yearbook here anymore. There's not. So I'm wondering what your opinion is on whether or not that should maybe be something that comes back. Because nowadays people love something retro, some, something, you know, they bring something back that was a thing back in the day. Do you think that that maybe could be a fun thing to bring back? Absolutely, and here's why. <laughs> You've got an ability now to really capture cool moments Here's a quick example of that. You open up the yearbook, and on page one, there's Darius Spragley's dad dancing at a basketball game as captured by Mackenzie Yee, who, f- who takes pictures from 100 positions inside the arena. Someone like that would be, and, and even James Benson, um, would be the, cap- the photograph. Because back then, in the yearbook, you know what we had to do to get photos? We had to go to the Goldsboro paper and sift through bins. The pictures that you see in the baseball pages in the yearbook were selected, were black and whites that they printed extra, and they were in bins. And I'd be like, oh, that would work. And I'd have to write a caption around it. I don't know what was happening, but it looks like he's sliding into third. You know what I mean? So I'd be like, the Trojans go up on Catawba 4-2 to on this double to right. You know, that's what you had to do. But now you guys control that. You guys control it all. And, and the color, man, we had, to, we had to be like, all right, we can only do one page in color. Pick it. You know what I mean? <laughs> And it's come a long way, so it doesn't have to be like these big bounding books anymore, you know what I mean? But it would it would be, and it would give another aspect to your media, you know, degree or things that you're doing yeah. like that. Because you're going to have to produce those things for companies, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you go and can you, pr- can you do like technical writing and can you put together a, a brochure, you know, or a, a training manual or things like that? That's a excellent. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Huh. Um, no, because obviously I'm leaving, so I... You know, I won't get to see, but I, th- I thought it was really cool because I remember they'd done a yearbook when I left high school. Um, it wasn't quite that. It was just yeah. a yearbook. It wasn't really, there wasn't really anything sports related in it. But uh, I, c- I guess, again, just to go back to one of the reasons I, I, you have such an infectious personality, um, Shane, you're just such a happy guy and a nice guy to be around and your stories and the way you speak about things are just, it's, it, you want to latch onto it and you want to listen to it. So... And and one of the and in your bio and I started looking at all the kind of jobs you've done on the side of working here and right. one of your jobs is a car salesman. And well, actually, I was a marketing director. But this is what I'm saying. Like you're you have this ability to socially interact with people on such a nice level. You have such a nice personality. Where where do you think like this is all came from? Is it is it maybe working in communications for so long? Well, it's interesting you say that because in at my core, I am an introverted nerd. It's the same as me. I'm being straight <laughs> up with you. I mean, and come and what I mean is, it, I mean, there are people out there that have a person. That I can't describe it. It's, I don't, want, I don't, I don't want to call them a narcissist, but there's just people out there. They have it together. You mean they wear the coolest shirts? They have the coolest haircut. They, they just everything they do. They don't overspeak. My biggest problem is I have to pretend people. 
I have to worry about not overdoing it, like wearing out my welcome. Like if I do an interview with somebody or I'm, or I'm pitching something when I sold radio advertising, don't keep talking. Don't keep – always leave people wanting more. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, never talk. If someone, if someone asks you what time it is, give them the time. Do it in a great way, but don't build them a clock because most people are like, oh, that sounds great. All right, when's he going to leave? You know what I mean? So that's my biggest problem. Most people are like, man, I wish I could be as – I wish I could have a personality like Shane. I'm, I'm thinking I wish I could have a, you know, a personality like you. I mean, I wish I could. Most people have to dial up to get to me. I've got to dial down, and it's really hard. Like I sell car insurance now for a living yeah. during the day, and I get people on the phone that I absolutely connect with, <laughs> and I absolutely love them. And i got to remember, hey, oh, God, this phone call's went on 31 minutes already. I gotta, you know, you gotta, you got to dial it down. Yeah, I can imagine, uh, Shane, because the amount of times I'll be, like, talking to you in the press box in between breaks, and I'm like, oh, God, I've got to get back on on air because I'm in, like, a conversation with you. And that, that's, again, that's why I was like, this episode to me isn't going to be more, like, kind of straightforward question and answer. It's just having a conversation with you. Um, so one of the things that, like, over the years has made me laugh just uncontrollably with you is your soundboard. Uh, it's something that we've had so many conversations about. Like, yeah. you have a soundboard, and especially, especially in baseball. That's where it goes, and yeah. And the thing is, unfortunately for me, and it's again, it's it's nothing, like, for me against baseball. Like, I'm, I love how passionate, you, you know, you and, and Ryan are about baseball. But for me, it's such an alien sport to me. And the thing that I always enjoyed, if I did have to work a baseball game, was your soundboard because it's like soundboard um, from like some of my favorite movies like Dodgeball, yeah. or Anchorman, these kind of movies that have just like little one-liners that can just be used perfectly well, in a moment. When did you start developing that? And like, has it just been an ongoing developing thing over it's, the years? It's always been. I started doing PA for Carl Lancaster uh, in the modern era, which is, if you would say, in 2006. And when I started, all we had was a, a, the radio that's in there now, and um, we would have we'd have a CD with the walkouts on it. Oh, my goodness. You can't – oh, who's coming to bat now? You go like this. And then I, ha- I would bring in a second radio to – when we hit a home run, I, I had uh, Black Betty by Ram Jam queued up. And instead of like, wow, it's a home run? And I'd hold the microphone down here. You know, and then Diamond Dave would always make me turn it off before they said the D word. You know what I mean? Um, and when I wasn't – in my spare time, I would go to the mall in Goldsboro, and I would buy cassette tapes and CDs to, to have music to play. Well, after the 2006 season, Carl Lancaster was like, hey – I want it to sound like the Kinston Indians out here. I want you to go. So I went to the Wilson Tobbs Day. I went to the Kinston Indians, and I looked at what systems that they were using, and the Tobbs used at the time Sports Sounds Pro. So we got that. Uh, they had bullhorns out there at the, at the baseball field, and then in the fall of 2006, the speakers were put in. So I started. You know, back then, there was, no, there was no YouTube. So everything was sound effects mm. you got off LimeWire at the risk of getting Lime viruses. Wire. And I don't care who you are, you couldn't you couldn't <laughs> glance at the logo without getting a virus. Yeah, no, <laughs> you couldn't look at the logo without getting a virus. I remember LimeWire <laughs> very well. Um, so that's it's, you know because it's just one of my same amount of times I'll just be like I'll have to like mute myself or something like that just because you've played something that's made me laugh well, or you said would, something that's made me laugh. I'm like, oh. well, you know what's interesting <laughs> is how the time has literally went. Like you know what, I'm time and there's Shane and we're going neck and neck. Life is good and all of a sudden time has blown me by. I am 50, and every time I'm in that baseball press box, I'm hearing, hey, this is sound effects. You need to get get this one. You get that one because a lot of the stuff I've got are from 2010, 11, 12, 13, and these kids today don't know what that is. They don't know. 2010 was the best year. It's not. (laughs) What I'm saying is if it's not not trending on TikTok, 
<laughs> then they don't know what it is. Yeah. No, I guess, um, and one of the things, like, because of your time here and, like, as you said, longevity, I, and it's just, I just want you to say one moment. So, for me, I think I'm, I'm 99% sure what you're going to say, but what has been your favorite UMO moment? Oh, my favorite UMO moment, obviously, when we won the national there championship. is unbelievable. The circle gets the square. <laughs> Bing! But, yeah, unreal. I mean, it was, and the build-up to that, you know, how... Yeah. Um, we thought we were done after 2007. Yeah. We thought we were done. And when I came out to that first practice in 2008 and I saw Dylan Holton in street clothes because he wasn't cleared to play yet sitting on the back on the upper uh, chair, the level in the dugout, he looked like a 12-year-old. And I thought, <laughs> 2007, even Jeff Eisen said, I remember where we were standing in the Carnegie Arena, and he said at least 2007, we had, 2007 was a special year. You know, but little did we realize we had the core for the yeah. best team in the country. I mean, yeah. we went 58 and 6. Yeah, the building blocks were there. Oh, my goodness. And we lost a bunch of people. Yeah. We lost a bunch of guys after 2007. We had Tommy Lang. We lost him, you know, and, and uh, Scott Hewen and um, Dustin Richardson. And we had a lot of guys that were just, they were seniors. They were really good. But Jesse Lancaster was redshirted in 07. He played in 06, freshman of the year, redshirted in 07. So coming back into 2008, man, we were loaded and got, had Rich Rocabaldo. I was like, who is this grown man at third base? You know? <laughs> yeah, Jesse Lancaster, another one of my professors in my same year. It's so weird how you just be, you start associating names with different things. I remember when Jesse was a child. <laughs> when I was a PA, he would come to the games, you know, with his dad. Yeah, yeah. So I guess one of the one of the things I wanted to talk to you about that I don't think I've I've never even had a conversation with you about this uh, Shane and you 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 have mentioned him earlier in in this recording your father Ray um, yep. who was in the Air Force like he actually has a microphone named after him and he worked the scoreboard in his time here is that is that correct yeah. for many years yeah, he did yeah. he started in 07 and did it all up to about 2015 yeah until um, his health just couldn't he just got to the place where he yeah. just couldn't. But he did, he, and he did it just to be with me. Yeah. You know, um, but, yeah, he he was a 20-year Air Force veteran, Vietnam vet, mm -hmm. and not exactly didn't have the college decorum, if you will, if something went wrong. You know, he'd, he'd let a curse word fly, and they'd have to be like, hey, language. <laughs> but he couldn't hear out of one ear anyway, so yeah. I, he didn't. He's like, what would they say? I guess, like, your, your father, was he – one of the kind of reasons and inspirations why you stuck around for so long here? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, he was a big, he was a big part of it. You know, he, he would, a lot of times I had to tell him when the games were, I had to tell him when the games were changed, when the times were changed. I usually had to go pick them up, you know, or, or, or we would ride to the games together, you know, or we actually would come to the games as spectators together before I started doing PA in 06. We would yeah, come as yeah. early as uh, like 2002, 3, 4, 5. We would come out and we would sit right behind Scarborough, right, behind, right, you know, right behind the home plate, and yeah. we would watch. Mm -hmm. And there were pl plenty of times I'd be hearing the students doing the PA, and I'd be like, you know, I'd tell my dad I need to get up there and <laughs> fix that. And little did I know that just a two or three years later I would be. Well, you almost like spoke it into the ex existence there. So <laughs> you know think, what I mean? Like, you I know, think like, I did. There you it. go. Um, you really manifested that role in a way. So... Yeah, and I guess just um, for me, the, uh, just like I said, I've mentioned it a few times. I just I really wanted to have you on because you know you you've been a you've been a good supporter of mine over the years. As I've as I've kind of tried to develop my skills in this kind of uh, role of communication, something that I've just developed a great passion for now. And you know we we've spoke we spoke for minutes and minutes before the recording started, 
Um, but you know, in, in the four years here, I have just like such an important question for you, and it is, how have you still not managed to master my accent? Because it's just. <laughs> well, I would disagree with that. <laughs> I, th- I think I do a really. Good, I don't think I. You're different. You're, it's hard to do you, even though you say you say pickles. You say peckles. 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 Welcome to the home of Mount Olive Peckles. Yeah, I've heard that earlier. I just got to be around you more. I got to practice. Yeah. You know, but um, there's there every, are. Every time I walk into the press box, I'll just get. Shane in my ear, and he's not any st- a step closer. I'm like, you're, you're getting there, but you're not there yet. Part of it, I'm just still blown away that foreign students would be in Mount Olive. You know what I mean? It's just, un- I mean, you, you can't get any more of a southern small town than Mount. We're not even the county seat. You know what I mean? And it's just amazing to me when even in, um, I run into people that don't go here, and I'm like, where are you from? Pennsylvania. I live in Mount Olive. What are you doing in Mount Olive? You know what I mean? It's just it's amazing to me. Well, I think, I think well, everyone has their own unique story, um, and I, I think it is nice because when you, when you come here, you almost like you just dig out that you become a part of the community, which has just been always so inviting about Mount Olive, and that's why I'll always cherish my time that I had here. It, you know, it made me into the person I am today, really. So, And, yeah, I guess you've just been one of those people that, you know, you know, that I can thank for over the years that have just been very a good supporter and and of mine, and you know, that's why I was just like, I need to have Shane on. I need to have Shane on once. No, I'm I'm. That's one of the blessings about being being able to do this is that you do meet people like Michael DeLeo and you and you know um, Jared Ferguson. Mm-hmm. You know, you just I just get into those characters, and you know, and you're just great. It's just it's awesome to see, you know. How all, you guys don't really realize what you have. I mean, you do, but you don't, you know, because mm. you're, y- you're young yet. Yeah. You know, you, you can't look back on life experiences, but I can tell you, you're going to get old fast. You know what I mean? Time goes by really fast. I know. Well, I mean, if, I, if I'm honest with you, time is, at least within the last two years, time is just, it's... Um, you're so focused on everything else. Yeah, everything. And then it's just what flown past. I can't, the last two years have flown past, really. And I can't, I remember, like, talking to my dad two years ago when, Oh well, when you know when I graduate, you can come out to my graduation, and like it's less than a month away now. So I'm kind of like, wow, that's time has just flown. So, you know, that's why I, I will cherish the time that I had here because it just was so quick. Um, and and you know, Shane, it's been an absolute pleasure just sitting talking to you and just like like I said, the unpredictability of what's going to come <laughs> out of your mouth. It's a story. You are a, you are a story, Shane. So like, um, I'm really happy to have been able to just sit down and have a really honest and candid conversation with you. So. Uh, Thank you very much. You know, I'll, I'll remain in touch. I'll keep in touch with you uh, when I leave. But uh, thanks for coming on. Oh, glad to be here, man. Glad to p- spend some time with you, man, and, and just soak it up. You know, this is – people don't realize – even the – I would even say that Wayne County doesn't realize what a jewel they have. Even the town of Mount Olive really doesn't realize what a jewel they have, you know, in the, in the universe and the students that are here. And, I mean, it's, when I was going to school here, you probably had six foreign students. You can count them on one hand, you know. Um, but now, you know, it's, it's amazing to – to see, you know, I always wonder when I'm at a game, like, where does he live? Where do they live? There's always so many rooms here. There's 27 people on that team. Where do they live? You know, I always just wonder stuff like that. But no, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Thank you. This has been the lowdown from Pickletown. We'd just like to give special thanks to the University of Mount Olive's music department. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time.